0: Owl
1: Nation, you are now listening to the Owl Chat
0: Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything Kennesaw State Athletics. With your hosts, Kai Mollette and John Finer. And welcome back to the Owl Podcasts Midweek update it is our first midweek episode of the month of November. We are coming to you here in studio. I am joined by producer Nick and my co-host and partner, Mr. John Finer. We've got a lot to get to you guys today. So we're going to start off immediately with the flyover. But first, John, Nick, tell me how your weeks have been.
1: Oh, man, my week has been great. You know, we we won a football game. Um, I, I don't have anything else to add. That's, that's all I have to say. How was your week, Nick?
0: My week got a lot better once I heard some news that I'm sure we're going to talk about later on, so I won't hold us up any further. We'll get to that eventually. Absolutely. So uh, just tease the uh, recent signing. Anyways, uh, we'll start with the flyover per usual. We're going to get back to having soccer as the first thing we talk about, Um, but it will be the last time we talk about soccer uh, for quite a while. Um, so the girls uh, had their regular season or their whole season come to a close on Thursday when they lost on penalty kicks to Austin P in the first round of the A Sun tournament um, regulation and extra time ended at a one, one tie with a goal from Tiana R- uh, Rivera in the 79th minute, um, which was immediately followed by a goal by Austin P's uh, Ellie Dreas in the 80th minute uh, to tie us at one PKs went six rounds with Austin P coming out victorious three to two. So the season is over. Uh, we will see you guys next year. Um, as far as men's golf goes, uh, golf finished play at the Steelwood Invitational this past week, finishing ninth at the tournament. Um, the Owls were led by Hugo Lari, who finished 13th individually, carding even par at 216. As a group, Kennesaw State would finish the tournament 20 over 884. Um, but in better news, previous week, Mr. Sean Cook was named A-Sun Golfer of the Week for his performance at the Pine Tree Intercollegiate that was held here in Kennesaw. Um, this concludes the fall season for Kennesaw State men's golf, um, who finished the year with three event wins. So, a very successful couple of months for the men's golf team. Um, as for the women's golf team, they also concluded their fall season, um, finishing in a strong sixth place at the Rainbow Wahine Invitational in Hawaii. The girls shot 875 as a team and were led by who else but Naya Kelly, who has been killer all year. Um, she finished 12th individually and totaled a score of 215. Uh, Kelly's card was good enough to land her second her her second A Sun Golfer of the Week um, award. So that's all we got for golf. Moving on to tennis. Men's tennis did not play. Women's tennis also did not play. But we'll uh, make the trip down to Deland, Florida to participate in the Stetson Invitational next week. John, why don't you give us the volleyball rundown? Yeah,
1: uh, volleyball swept Jacksonville in North Florida this weekend. Uh, didn't lose one single set. Uh, A sun player of the week was Emma Scherfrans and setter of the week was uh, Courtney Brown. Uh, Not going to read Keith Shunzel's quotes this week. Um, Number one, I have some other stuff I want to talk about with volleyball. And number two, you know, when the quotes are all happy and good, it's I don't know. I love seeing him win, but it's just not as entertaining for the listeners. Uh, But uh, as far as uh, volleyball goes. We are now tied for fourth in the A-Sun standings with four games left, including a home game with Bellarmine, um, who we are now tied with to end the season. Uh, the entire uh, a tournament will be played at FGCU, and the top eight teams will make it, according to my limited research. Uh, 12-0 FGCU is already in and will likely be the one seed 10-2, uh, and Lipscomb is also already in, and they have the advantage of being, perhaps being the two-seed if they keep playing well. KSU is uh, mathematically eliminated from the one-seed, uh, which, like I said, FGCU will likely get. If there is no reseeding, it would be beneficial for the Owls to finish uh, number two, which is unlikely, number three, number six, or number seven. Uh, the goal would be to avoid four or five. And eight to fall on the opposite side of the bracket as FGCU, who we are actually playing this weekend uh, on the road along with Stetson. So um, I don't know if there's reseeding, but if there is, obviously the higher seed, the better. If there's no reseeding, I think we want to go for some uh, very specific seeds. Uh, In terms of basketball, uh, we have some NIT news. Um, Apparently it was announced out of nowhere, but I don't know who determined it. I guess the NCAA... Um, the auto bids have disappeared. So, if we win the if we win the uh league and finish first in the ace on standings, but do not win the tournament. And we lose, say, in the finals or something like that. We do not get an NIT auto bid. Now those are going to go to the uh, high majors. So they're effectively removing any fun whatsoever from the tournament that nobody watched anyway. So now it'll be mainly filled with bad high major teams instead of, you know, Cinderella types that people want to see go all the way. So they're, I think they're just conditioning people to possibly lead us down a path, trying to remove all conference winners from getting tournament spots to begin with in the big tournament. So, you know, this is that slippery slope, you know, you got to do it little by little, kind of like how they, you know, eased on out the designated hitter and, uh, you know, all those little rules, little by little. So that's something to watch. Um, in basketball news that was teased a little bit earlier, we're recording this on Wednesday and just a couple hours ago. Uh Kennesaw State Basketball got a commitment from 6'5, 185 Guard. Eight, well, I would I should I should rephrase this. Kennesaw State got a mammoth commitment from 6'5, 185 guard, Adrian Woolley. See what I did there. Uh, Paul Bryant High School in Cottondale, Alabama, uh, which is east of Tuscaloosa. This is actually the same school as uh, current Al Jamel King. I don't think they attended the same time because King, I think, did a prep year. And as uh, quite a bit older than uh, Wooly, so that makes th- you know four in the class with Mikai Turner, Ramon Seals, Ricky McKenzie, and that makes three in the class in that six four, six five, six six wing neighborhood. So we're loading up on wings. Uh, you know, Kai, you're having a trip to Buffalo soon. Uh, reminded me of that. Uh, what do you think about all these wings?
0: Uh, I am excited to. Try wings up in Buffalo and I'm excited to have more wings on my basketball team. Um, I like the commitment a lot from Wooley. We've had, you know, a few guys in the past commit from Paul Bryan high school. Um, you're seeing nothing but parallels here with the way Petway recruits, um, love to see us go in that more wing heavy direction. You know, I'm going to say that word as much as possible. Uh, it's going to be refreshing to see more size on the court. I liked the guard setup we had under Amir, but you know, uh, I, I, and personally a bigger fan of the brand of basketball where we have guys who can, you know, shoot over people from the perimeter and also get to the hoop a lot easier. Um, I'm really excited about the commitment. He's been somebody that's kind of been on our radar for a minute now. Uh, we talked about, I think, when we offered him and we, you know, spoke on how Jamel King also went to Paul Bryan High School. So i um, very excited to have him on board. Class is looking great so far.
1: Yeah. And uh, Wooly uh, blew up over the summer, especially in July, it looks like. I mean, the guy got all kinds of offers off the top of my head. I'm, you know, just Samford, Jacksonville State, George Mason, Belmont, Louisiana Tech. And, you know, the list, St. Bonaventure, the list just keeps going and going. FGCU. There we go. So, you know, I could it's probably at like 20 offers. So this is a great get for Kennesaw State. Um, and that you know, we had a good class this year with Holt, RJ Johnson and all that, but this class is going to end up being Petway's foundational class to build on the same way as Stroud, Youngblood and Jennings are. Um, so it's four right now. It's going to be, I think at least five. Um, I'm thinking, you know, it might stretch depending on what happens. It might stretch to six or seven, but, um, you know, I'm hoping we get another, uh, you know, fifth commitment here before the season, but we'll see. But, uh, you know, Petway is not fooling around, Kai. You know, he's he's going after it, I think, it's even a little bit more aggressively than, you know, Amir's staff, actually.
0: Right. Very well said. Um, And I think it's important to uh, keep in mind the experience that we currently have on the team. I mean, just uh, both with Burden and Robinson returning and all the transfers, you know, these guys are all going to be gone in two to three years. Um, And for Petway to start off really strong with his first set of guys is super important. And, you know, two, three down, two, three years down the line, this is going to be the group that's leading our team. Um, You'll probably have one or two of them fall off and, you know, not everybody's going to stick around. But, you know. You know, it's, from what I can tell, a super solid foundation. Um, Wooley, uh, it, it's a weird label to put on a recruit, but from what I can tell, he's what you would call a high um, a high market mid-major recruit because, like you said, he's yeah. got 20 offers from all these mid to low-major teams. He's on a lot of coaches' radar. You know, he stands out. Um, I am curious to what reason he hasn't cracked that um, high-major, power-six, power-five, whatever you want to call it in college basketball um level yet and maybe he still will you know there's still time to get offers and such Um, and that's why you get him early Ty Um, exactly yeah um and we were not the first school to um you know offer him but and we certainly weren't the last so uh him you know picking us out of that out of that group means something and it means we we went about the process the right way so very excited for Wooly. Yeah, I
1: think we got on him uh, pretty early there and, um, you know, excited to see where that goes. I think we have, you know, I think we're going to need, you know, one more big losing Harris, LaRue and Robinson after this year, at least off the top of my head. So I'd like to see one more big in the class um, and hopefully we can, you know, nail one down, you know, um, you know, early on this season. I hope we don't have to wait till after the season or anything like that. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited and, uh, you know, got a little bit more basketball news for you guys, actually. Um, From what I'm hearing, Kennesaw State had a secret scrimmage against Chattanooga this past weekend. Uh, They played 60 minutes, but uh, the first 40 minutes I got the score of, um, rumor has it, it was 104 to 83 Chattanooga. Uh, I'm not sure if Terrell Burden played or not. Uh, I hope not with that being the final score. But again, you know, I think this just brings to the point, we need to, you know, temper our expectations. You know, this was a tournament team. Um, We have some of the same pieces coming back. We have some talented pieces coming back uh, at the same time. I don't even know if Jason Holt is eligible yet. NCAA likes to give those last minute waivers. So that's a huge piece I don't even have an answer to right now. So there's still so many questions um, on this season. Uh, Ty, you know,
0: just kind of talk
1: about, you know, your expectations as we get closer to the season.
0: Yeah, um, I think fans should uh, expect a good competitive KSU basketball team this year. Are they going to operate at the same level they did last year? Probably not. Um, But what people need to remember is that, you know, those guys as talented or, you know, as untalented, you know, less or more than this year, you know, as that team was. Um, they had played together for three four years you know all of those guys yeah. um you know keep that in mind we're throwing a bunch of pieces together that haven't played together and this was their first run against you know a good Chattanooga team a team that's picked to finish top three in their you know respective conference um so I don't read into it that much this this is what scrimmages are for you want to break guys in you want to try things out um it the result doesn't concern me at all um but as far as expectations go yeah I mean, expect to see a little rust early in the season. You know, when we're playing these NAIA and D three and D two schools, we're still going to beat the hell out of them. We've got too much talent, but you know, when we're playing the UNC Asheville's of the world and the Florida States of the world, you know, early in the season, um, we might have some duds. Um, There's going to be a chemistry. I'm not going to say problem, but there is a chemistry variable um, that hopefully we can start, you know, improving on by the time conference play rolls around and you know once conference play rolls around i don't think it's crazy to think that these guys get hot and they click together really well and we go on a run and we contend for the conference title again there is a lot of talent on this team and they're going to be okay um i think we're in very good hands
1: yeah and you you really said it all kai but you know even amir's teams that had guys playing together for you know years upon years like they didn't seem to click for you know a couple months anyway at all. Everything was disjointed early on in the season. And I expect that, you know, this team is going to have to find new roles. Um, You know, even Burden and Cottle are going to have to figure out, you know, are they going to play together side by side? How much can they, can they cope? Okay. This is a story, a, a trope in professional wrestling, you know, can they coexist where two guys who have problems try to be tag team partners and do, can they, Exist or do they attack each other? Um, we need to find out if those guys can play together as well as, you know, Clemens and RJ Johnson. You know, h- how does everything mesh? And that's knowing your, and again, using another wrestling term, know your role and shut your mouth. Uh, but no, uh, guys just have to know where they belong. And that's going to take some time.
0: Right. And another part of the breaking in phase is experimenting, like you mentioned, you know, seeing Cottle and and Burden, you know, on the same court together or just managing the rotation at the point guard position and at every position Um, is is going to take time to figure out. But that's the beauty of college basketball is momentum is really more important than it is in almost any other sport other than maybe pro football. Um, it's like, that's why March Madness is somewhat misleading. You see, you know, a 15 seed who's won 16 straight games, but they're in the big South, you know, knock off a team in the first round. It's like, yeah, I mean, they've been crazy hot while the two seed they played was bounced in the second round of the ACC tournament. You know, um, it's just about getting hot and being good at the right time. We have time to figure it out don't read into a struggling early in the season. It's probably going to happen. Um, not to make a prediction too early, but we'll probably lose to Florida state just because they, they've had their guys together and, you know, they, they have more size on us and more talent than us. And they've been playing together. So um, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah. But we do have a puncher's chance against
1: Florida state. You absolutely. Know, if we, you know, if we brought our team back from last year with everyone back, you know, I'd say we're probably the favorites um, or possibly the favorites. So absolutely. We'll have to see how that, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, And in some more basketball news, uh, the Owls will actually open versus a team called Oakwood. I didn't do any legwork on this, but I think Kai uh, has the preview.
0: Yeah, uh, I didn't get too deep into their roster or anything. Just wanted to talk about them a little bit as a program. Um, So they are NAIA, but they've only been NAIA for two years now. This is their second year at that level of competition. Previously, they were in the United States College Athletic Association, um, which is like sixth or seventh tier college athletics. Um, They won a couple national titles at that level. Um, You know, take of that what you will. But last year in their first season at the NAIA level, they went four and 22 um, and had some really ugly losses. Uh, I want to say they won two conference games and they would regularly lose by 20 to 30 in conference. Not that it matters. They are NAIA and we should beat them by 50 regardless. Um, But they are a bad NAIA team. Um, so come have fun. Come watch the banner hang. Um, that's the only appeal of this game that, and to, you know, just see guys, you know, <laughs> merge with each other. Have you confirmed that the banner is going to be uh, hung that day? I have not. Um, so make that note, but uh, if it's not, I will be very disappointed. That's what I'll say. Yeah. So, so don't blame
1: us if it's not blame, blame somebody, anybody, but us, that will be fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, we have some women's basketball news as well. They uh, open uh, Monday at noon. I believe that's November 6th at uh, noon Eastern against the Vanderbilt. Um, I don't have any inside information on how we're going to line up this year. But, you know, based on what I saw at the Owls Madness event, uh, we have some solid potential to guard spots. It's impossible to evaluate bigs based on a guard dominated event. Um, even it's hard to evaluate bigs and like Juco and stuff like that. Everyone's just jacking up threes. Uh, but that, you know, bigs are my area of concern. It's a total unknown to me. Um, you know, I don't have any confidence on anybody on the roster right now based on the knowledge that I have in terms of I have not seen them play. I have not seen enough of them at a, you know, another college or similar level to be convinced that they can step in. I'm sure they might be able to. I'm sure they possibly can. It just lost on me. We'll have to see. Uh, but if I was making the lineup and the other team didn't have a true high major center, I'm going with Lili Willis at point guard, uh, Carly Hooks, and uh, Sophia Rappel at guard, uh, Dillard at forward, and Harden at the other forward spot. So it's kind of a small lineup, but I'd rather get my five best, I think, you know perhaps on the floor. Uh, backing up at center or perhaps starting, you know, Caleb Massip might be my best guess as to who might start at center. Uh, Trenise Taylor, the freshman, um, again, freshman, haven't seen her, you know, big if. And Layla Hood, a transfer from Mercer, she was pretty good in high school. Uh, Kiara Barry and Kaitlin Fields are my other guesses as the guards in the rotation. Uh, Vanderbilt returns 5'9 guard Jordan Cambridge, who made second team all SEC. um, And Vanderbilt also finished dead last in the preseason media poll in the SEC. So it's like 14th or 15th, um, something like that. Um, I also have some baseball news for you guys uh, transitioning over uh, to the dirt. Uh, Kennesaw state has gotten a commitment from uh, shortstop Grayson McCollum of the Wesleyan school. Uh, he's a 2025 uh, commit. So we are happy to have uh, Grayson on board uh, reminder that uh, baseball scrimmages against UGA at noon on Sunday, I believe they're going to play 12 innings. I'm not sure if it's one giant game or two, six inning games. So that is something to watch. The Owls beat Georgia Tech in the last scrimmage. And I think this is the final one until the season. So, you know, make sure to catch it. Um, I'm going to be uh, watching the Sam Houston game on Saturday from home, driving to uh, Athens on Sunday to catch that game. And we'll be recording the podcast pretty much right after. So it's going to be a busy Sunday for me. So I'm hoping we get a competitive, uh, some competitive fight. Um, And some additional news the baseball team released their full schedule on Wednesday. Uh, They actually released the, you know, the conference schedule like a couple days before. And I'm thinking, okay, what's the point of that? But anyways, they released everything today. Um, There's going to be more road games than usual, usually because of the warm weather here. Kennesaw state brings in some teams from up North for the early season to play some warm games. Uh, But, you know, it looks like we got some uh, big time opponents uh, this year, but you know, Gotta pay those bills. As far as the non-conference weekend series goes, we got we start with three against UAB on the road, then three against uh, Clemson on the road, then three at home against one of my uh, you know, personal favorite schools, Longwood. Um, I'm I'm a fan of a good low to mid-major matchup in baseball. You know, the Moorheads, Oral Roberts, Ball State, Sac State, uh, those kind of schools are just tremendous, you know, opponents and a great measuring stick. Um, we then conclude the non-conference weekend with three against Kentucky, uh, for midweek matchups, we will play a variety of non-conference schools, uh, for the midweeks, we get three games against Mercer, um, which is weird because those are spread out across the schedule. Usually it's just a home and a home one game, you know, during the midweek in Auburn and one game versus Kennesaw and so forth, but we get three against Mercer. Uh, we get home and home series with Georgia Southern, Georgia tech, Jacksonville state and UGA. Uh, We get a single game uh, midweeks with uh, Georgia State, Wofford, and Belmont. So, no, there's no return game there. Just one and done with those guys. And in conference play, we'll be opening on the road against North Alabama, uh, who I believe swept us towards the end of last season. So there will be some uh, payback uh, on the team's mind. I promise you that. And we will close the regular season at home against Lipscomb. Um, And thankfully, we don't have to go to Nashville. That game is in Kennesaw because Lipscomb is our uh, Trey Fowler, former coach here, used to call it our house of horrors because it was so bad. Um, Thankfully, it's not there. Uh, with JSU and Liberty now out of the league, um, there is going to be some more parity in terms of the scheduling. So we don't have to worry about, oh, wow, this team got to play these two crappy teams. And, you know, we got all the good teams and so forth. So, you know, really, we're playing 10 series. So only one is left out and we are not playing Eastern Kentucky. And, you know, in our final lap around the A-Sun, I'm kind of happy about that. You know, I I want to play all the schools that we've grown accustomed to and loved over the years. The FGCU, Stetson, Summer Florida, Jacksonville's, you know, not playing Eastern Kentucky is perfectly fine with me. Um, And yeah, that's what I have for that. Uh, Kai, what are your thoughts on the schedule?
0: Uh yeah. Um, I've always been kind of on the fence about uh, scheduling the "quote unquote" big boys around college baseball, but you know, playing Tech and UGA every year it puts butts in seats. And UGA has been down recently, and Tech is always going to be there. You know, fifteen to twenty-five best team in the nation type of thing. You know, just like the Mar- Tech baseball is like what Mark Richt football at UGA was. I mean, they're always like good, but not great. So that's a team you always have a chance to beat. And hell, you know they they beat them in the the exhibition last week. So. And we beat them last
1: year. We split it, I believe.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're a traditionally good baseball school. Um, It's always exciting to get those big names in the building and to go out and play those games. Uh, That being said, like I want to win and we do lose most of those games, um, which is unfortunate. Uh, But other than that, uh, I was going to ask you, since you've been following a Sun baseball far longer than I have. Do you feel like we got the shaft in the conference schedule like Liberty did last year in their last season? Oh, that's
1: a really good question. I didn't evaluate it like that. But, yeah, it's harder to give us the shaft because, you know, there's we only don't play one team, you know what I mean? Right. Whereas Liberty, they could stack it up to avoid all the crap teams and make all the other teams get to, you know, stack those wins. So, you know, I, I don't really think so. I didn't evaluate it from that aspect, but that's a good point. We'll have to maybe dig closer. Um, I am very excited about uh, Clemson, Kentucky, see how we measure up. Um, last year and the year before, I don't think we had the pitching depth, uh, this year, I think we're really starting to get where we need to be in terms of depth, uh, pitching wise next year, I think is quote the target target year to really take off and have everything, you know, lined up and filled and backfilled for backups and all that kind of stuff. So I, I am super excited to see how we, uh, do against Clemson and Kentucky and try and make a name for ourselves early on. So,
0: right. And hopefully we pull out a few of those games. So, yeah,
1: absolutely. And um, transitioning on to football, um, as we mentioned on the football post game show, if you guys listened, uh, kicker Gray Kelly committed during the game to Kennesaw State. Um, his brother, uh, Jude, is Chattanooga's uh, current kicker and was formerly on uh, Georgia Tech. So, that's just an interesting tidbit there. Gray comes from Alatoona High School, so he is local. And uh, rumor mill has it uh, that Connor Cummins might not be coming back next year. So um, that's a, uh, I'm dropping that here on the owl, howl, uh, owl chat podcast. So, um, you know, don't hold me to that guys. Things change, but that's what I'm kind of hearing through the grapevine. Um, Kennesaw state football has offered um, Arrington, AJ Watkins, a 2024 quarterback from Norcross high school. He is currently committed to air force. Um, and he still has that uh, tweet pinned on his page. But my rule of thumb is, if a player is still w- willing to post offers, then they're not solidly committed. And you know, the, I think the school has a right to, you know, you know, quote from him and vice versa without any hard feelings. Because like, if you're committed, you know, you thank them for the offer, give them a call, thank you, coach, but I'm not interested. You know, you don't have to announce it. So I think that might be I mean he's fair game. And in some very very freaking exciting news that we kind of talked about, I think before the season and, you know, we were all hoping for, um, you know, I think the circumstances could have been better for this one, to be honest with you, because of, uh, you know, number one, uh, in order for Travis Bell signed with the Falcons, but in order for that to happen, Grady Jarrett had to blow out his ACL. Um, We had to uh, lose out on, I believe Montez Sweat at the last minute to the Bears. So everything kind of fit together. The Bears got Sweat, um, and that, I guess, made Travis Bell more available. Falcons swooped in. So if Travis Bell is the next Grady Jarrett, that would be great. Everything is falling into place. And then when Sweat does not resign with the Bears because he wanted to be a Falcon in the offseason, we can sign him there and not give up a second-round pick. Um, so Bell has yet to play in an NFL game. Um, I assume he will play this weekend. I don't know for a fact. Um, I hope he does. Uh, but uh, Big Z, of course, played with the Texans, would be the first uh, Kennesaw State owl to play in the NFL. So he would not be the first. But uh, thank you to the Chicago Bears for keeping him warm, developing him, drafting him. You're very, very nice over there. Thank you. Well, not keeping him warm. He's in freaking Chicago. But you know what I mean. Um, But I think um, if Travis Bell, uh, you know, even as a role player and starts to get some time for the Falcons, that local exposure you know, even more so than being on the bears or any other team is absolutely going to help Kennesaw state. You know, you see him on the field, the local kids are watching the game. They hear the Kennesaw state product makes the tackle for the loss or anything like that. You will know, hear his story, learn more about him. I think it's nothing but positives. What do you
0: think guy? Yeah, no, totally. And I'm sure that bell has been on the Falcons radar for a minute. I'm sure they were at his pro day. Um, maybe you can confirm that, but I would be shocked if they weren't at his pro day. Um, yeah, no, it's it's going to be great to see him play. Uh, you and I are both huge Falcons fans. Nick is not. Sorry, Nick. <laughs> um, yeah, we're both root for bad football teams. Anyways, um, yeah, I, selfishly, I'm very excited about it. Uh, like you said, I wish it could happen under better circumstances. Grady Jarrett has been one of the greatest Falcons of the last 20 years and to see him go down really hurts. Um, but you know, it's, it's a bit of a consolation prize to know that Travis Bell will probably be making his NFL debut with the Falcons. Um, we know he's been elevated to the active roster and he will dress, um, either this Sunday or next Sunday. Um, sometimes if a player signs midweek, they will hold him out that week. Sometimes they won't. Um, but regardless, he'll be there. He has been picked up for a reason. Um, so expect to see him. Uh, He might only get, you know, five, to 10 plays if that um obviously being a d tackle he's not going to be like a special teams type of weapon but he gives Um, his 100 a thousand percent on every play so i just want of course
1: if he gets his ass on the field you know i think he'll start seeing more and more snaps
0: absolutely um i mean you got to be you heard his story i mean we all know it uh you know worked multiple jobs just to pay his way through college and to you know play at, you know, a low, at an FCS level school, he's got that chip on his shoulder. So for sure, he's going to be out for blood. Um, Really, really excited to see him get in there. And I'm very
1: excited that I can delete the Chicago Bears off my recordings, my automatic recordings on my DVR. Um, I know Bell was on the Bears practice squad, which is how the Falcons signed him away to the active roster. But I still kept the Bears games on record in case they signed Bell at the last minute. I wanted to be able to see that. So now I record the Falcons anyway, so... Uh, Props to my DVR space. Congratulations. You're going to get a lighter load going forward. Um, And we have some news for the Brian Bohannon press conference. Um, And then we will preview Sam Houston. Kai has some information on that. Um, Got some actually some decent sized nuggets on this. Uh, Bo praised Sam Houston's record opponents, scores of the game, actually a good team, blah, blah, blah. Usually I think it's kind of that, you know, BS coaches talk, but I I tend to believe it this week um, with this opponent. Uh, Bo says that this is a chance to beat an FBS team, something we haven't done um, this year or ever. Um, And he mentioned that he was not happy with the defense. You could tell he was pissed at the defense. 61 missed assignments. Uh, Sense of urgency, attention to detail wasn't there. Uh, He said if we play it like this against Sam Houston, we'll get run out of the stadium, which I kind of agree with. You know, if, um, you know, if they didn't, if uh, Lincoln didn't suck, Yeah. Might be a different game. Uh, he said player of the game was Michael Benefield on offense, which we kind of all agreed with on the podcast this past week. He praised third string center Brian Hayback for playing well. Uh, he said, uh, again, another shot at the defense, quote, didn't have a player of the game. So that tells you uh, where he stands on that. Uh, Cam Donald, defensive tackle, got the award for kind of showing up and doing what he's supposed to do. Tykeen Wallace, a special teams player of the game for blocking the punt. Uh, Quay Ashley got recognition for his work on kick coverage. Um in another low-key but huge note, uh, James Dawson, our center, is back practicing. Hallelujah. Um and Coach Bo expects Kim and Hayback to be ready to play on Saturday. Um Dawson, I guess, came came out against, was it Furman, I believe, with a lower leg injury? Um, he has three games played. I don't think he's redshirted yet. So this would be his fourth and final game of the year if he can play. So clutch time to get James Dawson back. Perhaps this game was always going to be the target because um, we probably hopefully won't need him against Virginia Lynchburg. Cross our fingers. Um, Coach Bow thinks the offensive line got better. Wasn't great. Had 13 knockdowns, which is better than anything this year. But, you know, also mentioned Sam Houston is going to be the best front we've played all year. And how Lincoln isn't even in the same universe as uh Sam Houston there. uh, Mentioned Murphy starting this week. And his favorite candies are Starburst and Mamba. Um, And Coach Bo does not have a costume. And he might turn the lights out. Or he might have turned the lights out, he said, for trick-or-treaters which doesn't surprise me. I mean, that's, that's in character. Like if he, you know, if he was like a wrestler, that would be like his gimmick, um, just grouchy, get off my lawn, trick or treater coach. Um, but yeah, Kai, uh, based on what I just told you, is there anything that stands out to you?
0: Yeah. I listened to the press conference today and it was uh, surprisingly one of my favorite press conferences ever. Um, a pretty random pick, but I, Loved how honest Bo was, you know, he's a football coach. He's going to use football cliches. There's going to be a little bit of coach beach mixed in there. But what I've learned this year is that uh, he uses less than you would expect him to. Um, Like I said, I loved his honesty. I love how uh, he flat out said, if we play like we played against Lincoln, we're going to get run out of the stadium stadium this weekend. Um, He was hard on the defense, justifiably so. Um, They didn't come to play against a bad Lincoln team. Um, so I was I was impressed. I don't know if encouraged is the right word, but I was impressed. Um, so yeah, yeah, i
1: I'm just I'm just looking forward to this game, man. Um, number one, because I want to see us play an actual opponent and just kind of, you know, I wouldn't say a measuring stick since we've already failed that test, but, um I will say this is one step closer to the end. and right. it's kind of like, you know, just put me out of my misery. Um, so, you know, if we don't, you know, if we can be competitive against Sam Houston, Uh, that would be freaking awesome. If we can win, that'd be, I'd be ecstatic. Um, I am expecting guys like Juan Silas and Jericho Washington back. I think they each have one more game and I'm sure there's perhaps a couple other players as well that also have another game. So, um, yeah, that's all I got for that. And I know Kai, you had some, uh, if you don't have anything else on the press conference, I know you were going to preview Sam Houston.
0: Yeah, yeah. To just transition into it, um, I did like that Bo acknowledged that this has a chance to be one of the stranger FCS versus FBS upsets to ever happen, and I'm really glad he said that because I've been saying that all year. Um, but with that being said, we'll get into Sam Houston State. Yeah, um, let's ex-
1: well, let's explain why because they're uh, what 0 and 8, and they're 0
0: Exactly. And we don't have an
1: FCS win or an FBS win, so neither team has a quote D1 win at any D1 level.
0: Right. And there are so many reasons for it too. It's, you know, I mean, we're going to be in the same conference next year. They're a first year FBS team We're a, you know, last year FCS team. Um, so it, it's weird for a lot of reasons, but it would be an FCS versus FBS subset. So keep that in mind. Um, but that'll and be our history a and our history versus Sam
1: Houston as well. Playing true. them in 2017. I, I traveled to the game and I think uh, Trey White mentioned that he might, uh, he lives in Texas now. He's I think a couple hours away. He might head out to the game. So we're not going to hold Trey to that, but, you know, if he does go to the game, we're going to try and rope him in on uh, the Owl Chat podcast. Right.
0: Might have that perspective. Um, with that all being said, we'll give Sam Houston State their due preview. Um, the Bearcats do come in at 0-8, 0-5 in Conference USA and are desperately searching for their first to win. While Sam Houston State is not good by any means, uh, relatively, despite what Brian Bohannon says, their record is somewhat misleading. Um, in five conference losses so far, the Bearcats have only lost by more than one possession one time, which was against New Mexico State. Out of conference, they played some pretty solid teams too. They played, I think, Houston, BYU, and Air Force. Um, and at least two of those games were close and they held their opponents to under 20 points. Um, I think the only game that wasn't was Houston. The final was 38-7. to um, and then one of their conference games, which is against first place and undefeated uh, Liberty, um, went toe to toe. I think the final score was like 21 to 16. So they've been competitive all year, um, but they have several you know, serious issues that they haven't figured out. Uh, Their quarterback is a kid named Keegan Shoemaker who has been QB one for every game except one this season. Um, And he actually has a half decent stat line with 10 touchdowns to seven interceptions while completing 61% of his passes for over 1500 yards. Um, But where their offense fails is their struggle to run the ball uh, basically at all. Their leading rusher is a kid named John Gentry who has only gotten in the end zone one time this year and only averages 3.2 yards per carry, which um, for those who don't keep up with stats uh, is not very good. Uh, through the air, the best weapons they have are Noah Smith and Malik Phillips, who have combined for well over 800 yards and have five total touchdowns, all from Shoemaker. So that's all I got on Sam Houston State. Uh, I'm not going to predict a win uh, because we are so much further behind than they are, um, and they do um, have a half-decent roster that has competed in these games. They're not great, um, but they're better than us. I hope we don't get boat raced. I hope they don't run us off the field like Coach and fears um, with our defensive production. Um, but I'm not scared, um, that they're going to beat us by 60. It could happen. Uh, I won't predict it. I think we lose somewhere around the 35 to 10 range or 35 to 14 range. Yeah. I'm not making
1: predictions after last week. I I'm out of the prediction business right now for this one, but, um, you know, I'm just hoping for the best. That's all you can do right now. We're in a, you know, we're in a bad spot. Um, you know, I mean, hopefully James Dawson plays, we can get some our snaps going, get a veteran lineman in there that might make all the difference in the world for all we know. So, uh, right. Yeah. Um, and, and before we kind of head off, I just want to make a quick uh, correction. I think I mentioned the NCAA. It was the one that, uh, earlier in the show with the NIT tournament making that decision. It's actually an unaffiliated group that is making that decision. So, uh,
0: instead of getting it on errors and omissions next week, we're taking care of that right now. Caught it early. Um, yeah. And before we get off, I just want to say, the fact that they're, you know, bringing James Dawson back to practice at this point in the season makes me think that he's going to play <laughs> this week because they wouldn't rush him back for Virginia Lynchburg. So and also, you know, there's that that whole red shirt variable to it. So uh, I would not be surprised to see him. And which is, you know, a great thing because we thought he was going to be out for the year. So that's all I got.
1: Yeah. And, you know. Yeah. Worst case scenario, you know, if he's not ready this week, but he is ready next week, you got him versus Virginia Lynchburg. I mean, if it's at the point where it's not going to hurt anything, throw him out there, man. You know, we're, we're, we'll take anything we can get. We're like, just, just give me some spare change, man. That's all I'm asking for. Let, Let me eat. Let me feed my family.
0: Right. Well, I think that's all we got on this uh, midweek's episode of the Owl Chat Podcast. Uh, We will see you with some more bonus content probably later. Uh, Yeah, let us know what y'all thought of the Aaron Anderson interview. We would love to hear from you guys. Um, And then the post-game show um, at the end of the week. And check out the uh, Big
1: Owl blog um kai's blog that he works very hard on so um be sure to check that out and check out ksu which is a site i use to track recruiting baseball basketball and football dating back over 10 years like kind of like an archive uh so to speak and we also have message boards if you're into that kind of thing um again hope you guys have a great rest of the week take it easy y'all Thank you for tuning in to the Owl Chat
0: Podcast. As a reminder, you can follow our hosts on Twitter at KSU Owl Howl and at Big owl Blog. You can also view additional content on BigOwlblog.com. And be sure to join the online community of Owl fans at KSUOwlHowl.com slash forum. Until our hosts return, stay happy, stay healthy. And as always, go Owl!